Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. We've been talking in this series about the incredible amount of people, not only in the United States, but in our churches, uh, who are oppressed with uh, depression. And uh, we have spent three weeks talking about what it means. We've talked about the characteristics of it. We've talked about the contributors to it. And the last two weeks, we talked about great men of God who suffered with depression at some season in their lives. We talked about Elijah who said to the Lord, I've had enough, let me die. We went last week and we talked uh, out of the Psalms uh, about David's journey with depression. We talked about this man who had all the accolades, the most popular, mightiest king of Israel, and yet suffered uh, with depression, and we talked about several of the things that were going on in his life. I'm not going to go back and review all of those things, but I am going to review enough to say to you that if you are suffering with depression, you are not alone. Some of God's greatest champions have and are fighting depression. Uh, this uh, very, very, very difficult condition, in many ways a whole lot more condition and uh, a lot more difficult than physical manifested conditions. I want to uh, read with you out of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and I want to remind you of the greatness of the Apostle Paul. God entrusted him to be the human vehicle through which at least 12 and probably 13 of the books of the New Testament, and there are not but 27 of them, uh, was, was written. Now that is a mighty, mighty man that God entrusted with Holy Scriptures. So I want us to look here a little bit about part of Paul's journey that maybe you weren't aware of. As we begin with verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. What is mercy? Mercy is forgiveness and compassion when you have the legal right to exercise vengeance. Let me say that again. When you have the legal right to exercise vengeance, but instead you release mercy, compassion, and forgiveness, that's mercy. He comforts us, verse 4, in all our tribulations. Now, I want you to be a little bit of a scholar with me here today. The word tribulation and the word translated trouble 
both have its primary root Greek word, it's thlipsis. And that word is a, an incredibly intense amount of pressure that is put on you outside and inside. It is the coming on of amazing, almost unbearable pressure that manifests itself in different ways. Who comforts us in all of our extraordinary pressures that we may be able to comfort. Now let's go back to our little teaching deal here. The word comfort here, it comes from the derivative of the word paraclesis, from which we get the word paraclete, meaning one who is called alongside to assist, to help, to comfort, and encourage. Paraclesis, to comfort, to encourage, to come alongside. So let's see what we have here. The, God, the Father of mercy and God of all comfort who comforts us, who comes alongside and walks with us in all of our tribulation, in all of our intense pressure, that we may be able to come alongside and comfort and encourage those who are in any trouble with the same coming alongside comfort and encouragement with which we ourselves are comforted by our God. Man, for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation, our encouragement, our comfort also abounds through Christ. Now, if we are afflicted, watch this. If we are afflicted, it's for you. It is for your comfort encouragement, for your salvation, your deliverance, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. In other words, what we're going through is for you. If we're comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so you will also partake of the comfort, the encouragement. We do not want you to be ignorant. Oh, boy. Now we're going to let you know about a dark, 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 deep place that the Apostle Paul was in. Can you imagine that? Did you ever really think about this man in a deep, dark, isolated, depressed place that God's mighty Apostle would be placed in? For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble. There it is, that word, that thlipsis, that incredible time of deep, dark, oppressive pressure which came to us in Asia. That we were burdened. What does that word mean? It means, the word burden means to be pressed and weighted down. We were pressed and weighted down beyond measure. We didn't think we could stand it anymore. Above strength, we, had, we were no match for the oppressive weight. So that we despaired. What does that word mean? It means we were at an utter loss. We totally gave up. We were at... We were in utter despair, 
even of life. This was so deep and so dark and such an incredibly weighty thing that we were under, we finally decided we don't want to live anymore. I know that there are a few of you in here who have experienced that deep, dark place of clinical depression that has reached the depths of despair even of life. You can identify with the apostle in what he's saying here. Yes, he says, verse 9, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. He did deliver us. He does deliver us. He will still deliver us. You also, watch this, you fellow believers also helping together in prayer for us so that thanks may be given to many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. Paul and his cohorts were taking a financial blessing to the poor throughout the regions of Achaia. And this ministry was going to bring praise and honor and glory to God. But in between, they were in deep, dark place. Do you know that a lot of scholars have speculated about just what that meant? And um, I, I can tell you this, I don't know all that it meant. And um, but if you ever want to find out some of the stuff the apostle went through, go to chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians and read some of what the apostle went through days and nights without sleep. He even was in the ocean through shipwreck. He spent a day and the night out there in the deep with sharks, uh, storms, sickness, illness, all kinds of pressures. You can read about that. But the, here's what I want you to know. Paul was in a season of his life where things were dark. And so he exposes what he has been going through to these believers. And it's right there for all of us throughout history to read part of his experience. But I want you to notice here that talking about his deep, dark season, go back to verse 3, 4, and 5, because he says that the purpose behind this is that we might be a blessing. We might, through the comfort that we received from the Lord, we can comfort you. We have said that it's important when you're in a depressed state to get the right kind of food and nutrition for your body, to get plenty of rest for that vehicle that you're in. We've talked about how you're to pour out your heart to God and be open and honest about it. Don't hold back. Let your emotions be expressed to the Lord. We talked about how you should seek God for the assignment He has for you 
on the next of life. We talked about how you need to begin to tell yourself the truth. Speak the truth of the Word of God to yourself. But I believe that one of the greatest things that's, ever, that's going to, to, to help us during seasons of depression is this. Understand that if you're going through a deep, dark session in your life, it's for a ministry purpose. You have been given, God has somehow trusted you enough that you could carry this and see it through so that on the other side of this, you will, you will be able to minister to those who are going through what he's delivered you from. I look around this uh, congregation today and I see people who've gone through cancer. I've seen people who've gone through deep, dark hospitalized depression. I see people in this room who've lost children. I see people who've gone through the death of their spouses. I see people who've lost all their income. I see all kinds of things. But I also see out of those same people, I see people who've been brought through that who are living testimonies and comforts and encouragements to all of us for what they have been through. You know why? Because it helps us all know we can get through it too. And if you don't ever associate yourself with somebody who's been through something, there's going to come a time when you're going to get pretty discouraged because you'll feel like you're the only person who's ever been through anything like that. Paul is saying here is this. We, the same comfort, the same ministry of the Holy Spirit, the same paraclesis, the same coming alongside to help us, even in our dark place where we didn't want to live anymore, that same comfort, that's what we're investing in you. So, um, I want all of you to know that you, are, you have a ministry of comfort and encouragement when you go through these dark times that God is building something. It only feels like He left you. It only feels like you're never going to get through it. It only feels like the heavens are brass because God is going to use you. Look right here. These two men in Steve Franklin Ministries a long time, but they just came with members of our church here in the last couple of months. Bud and Georgia Flora. They both walked through great pain and the loss of their spouses many years ago. Bud has seen not one but two of his children die. You can't even imagine that. You can't even imagine that. And when I see them here worshiping with us, hands raised to the Lord, giving hallelujah, praise and honor and glory to God, I want to tell you, it comforts me. It encourages me. I'm telling you this. If 
the plight of your life is this deep, dark period God is going to bring you through, and He is going to use you to help other people. Amen. So you have a mission in this. And that mission is that one day you'll be on the other side. You will be able to comfort those who are in the same circumstance and pain and situation that you're in. Can everybody say, thank you, Jesus, for that? Bring it on. Yes. The power to break this depression. Let's see what we got so far. Number one, come out into the light. I just can't tell you what this does for me as a Bible teacher when I see that the Holy Spirit led Paul the Apostle to write that he was in a place of despair where he even despaired of life. He didn't have the energy to want to live anymore. But God brought him through it. Come out into the light. Can I tell you something? It is not shameful for you to fight depression. That is not something to be ashamed of. It is not weakness or failure. Come out into the light and share with, you can't share it with everybody. Some people will start ignoring you if you do. But there is, there is a core who, who you can trust that the Lord will bring you to shed light where, where uh, you can get out of that dark, isolated place. Secondly, let's see what he says here in verse 9. We had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Can I tell you something? Uh, there's going to come a time when your circumstances and situations are going to get so dark that if you don't throw your hands up to God and say, I can't do this anymore, it's up to you or I'm done. That is not weakness to get to that point. That's part of where you're going to receive victory. I can't do this anymore. I will assist you, I will obey, and I will partner with you, but I cannot hold myself responsible for fixing my children. For fixing my spouse, for fixing my job, for fixing anything about me. I will partner with you. I'll do what you tell me. But if this doesn't get done, I'm out of here. That's what Paul was saying. We despaired even of life. But what did he say God was doing through this? He was bringing Paul to that point to where Paul would not trust in himself anymore. Boy, that is no fun to go through that, is it? But can I tell you something? If you are going through this incredibly painful journey of recognizing that you can't trust in yourself, God has a wonderful plan and a mighty ministry for you because, notice this, we should not trust in ourselves but in God who raises the dead. Maybe the Lord has brought you to that point where your business is not going to cut it anymore. i got some good news for you. If you'll recognize that he owns it all anyway, and all you're supposed to do is partner with him, you're supposed to manage what he gives you under his direction, but you don't own anything. If you will partner with God as your provider instead of holding yourself hostage, 
then God is going to raise that business from the dead. God's going to raise that practice. God is going to raise those relationships. God is going to raise those families. God is going to raise that which is dead when you recognize I am not enough for this to succeed. You can't fix everything. And as much pressure as is put on you by other people, by yourself and even by the devil, to fix what you can't do, part of dying to yourself is recognizing and admitting, God, this is dead if you don't intervene. And Paul said, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we would not trust in ourselves but in God. Some of you have been struggling with something for so long. What is it with you? Is it your finances? Is it your mental health? Is it your physical health? Is it your children? Is it your grandchildren? Is it your business? What is it that you struggle with so very long? Have you come to the end of trusting yourself and transferred your trust over to him who raises from the dead? Learn to trust. It's not over till God says it's over. He delivered us. From so great a death, verse 10, and still does. Notice that we are to trust him because he's in that process of delivering us. Write this scripture down. Well, I've got it for you in your outline, Romans 8, 11. How did this happen in the Apostle Paul in this place of despair? The Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 11 says it like this, if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead, that is, if the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then He who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal physical body by His Spirit who lives in you. Now, that's a healing agent right there, isn't it? The Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you. So what should we do during this time of depression besides come, come out into the light, resign control? We need to seek the Lord for a deeper personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. You say, Pastor, I don't know if I even have the Holy Spirit. If you have Christ, you do. And if you don't have Christ, ask the Lord by faith to come into your heart to receive, to, and receive the free gift of his eternal life. Ask his life and, to come into you. Repent of trying to run everything yourself. If you could have fixed it, you had already done it. But notice what else he did in this dark place. Verse 11, you, you believers, also helping together in prayer for us. Do you know that Paul links his deliverance? Paul links 
the deliverance from despair from this season in his life where he wanted to just die and get out of this. Paul links his deliverance to people who were praying for him. And do you know that some of us don't even, we don't even want anybody to know what our needs are because we have pride. We think they'll think that we're weak if we let them know we need prayer. We think they'll think, well, he ought to be able to figure that out. What a, what a tool of the devil to keep us in a dark place. I can tell you this. I don't know of a single great deliverance that hasn't had the enlistment of prayer involved in it. None. There are those who would love to think, well, all I got to do is, all I got to do is just between me and God, everything will be resolved. Sooner or later, that may work some, but sooner or later, the Lord is going to wrestle you to the ground and make you understand that he does a lot of what he does through a body. He enlists others to assist you. And the reason I've always wanted to isolate has no godly reason for it. It is pride. It is self-reliance. And it has to be crucified. It has to be admitted and abandoned. And I have to go before the Lord and admit, Lord, I die to myself. If you don't do this, it won't get done. And I have to let those that God has put into my life, that inner core that I trust, pray for me. And how many of you know that most of the time, God just doesn't tell somebody in the middle of the night what's going on with you. You need to be the vehicle to let them know you need prayer because that's part of the humbling process, admitting need. Enlist the right prayer core. Later on in that passage, he tells us in verse 20, this precious, all the promises of God in him in Christ are yes. And in him, in Christ, amen, so be it. To the glory of God through, what has God promised you? You think he's going to go back on it? What has God promised you? All that God has promised you is a resounding yes. It is a, so let it be. You may not have seen it in the natural yet, but that doesn't mean that it's not done in the spiritual. And the spiritual has authority over the natural. Why do I keep on suffering? God is continuing to build your ministry of comforting and encouraging somebody else on the other side. You know what I'm trying to say? Godly suffering is real, but it always has a redemptive purpose. It's for the benefit, your long-term benefit, and the benefit of somebody else who needs the healing, the encouragement, the deliverance, the comfort that you have received.
I'd like for you to bow your heads with me. I wonder how many of you would say, Pastor, you know, huh, it's so easy for me to believe when I get in this dark and desperate place that somehow it's because I'm just spiritually inferior. Well, I mean, all of us have made choices that we need to repent of, no doubt. But sometimes, if you're in a deep, dark place, God is trying to associate you with some champions. Hallelujah. Sometimes the suffering that we experience that is godly is just not an instantaneous gratification. It's a journey. But the longer the journey, the deeper the miraculous, gracious work of the Holy Spirit. I can't identify very much with people who say, well, I had depression and it lasted a couple of days. <laughs> Come on. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, again, out of this, I see that I'm to walk in the light and you have put a body around me, at least an inner core, to pray with me and for me. I admit this is one of my struggles, but I believe, like the apostle, that I am learning not to trust in my own ability, but to trust in my deliverer. And I believe that as I die to my own ability to fix myself, that my father, who raises the dead, will revive This part of me that feels dead, this part of me that feels like I'm never going to get out of it or work through it, this part of me, oh God, that is so weary and broken. If you're here today and that kind of talks about where you are, if this word has touched you, let us pray with you and for you. I thank you today for your faithful, faithful attendance, your prayers. I want to thank you for your prayers for Dean and me all these years. You don't um, have any idea how grateful we are for that so many times. And I look, when I read this scripture, I get it. Sometimes on the other side of where you've been is a ministry to others who are walking through stuff that need the testimony of what he brought you from. Amen. Thank you, oh God, for your goodness. And I pray that you would help all of those, Lord, who somehow feel beat up and crushed down and weighted that you'll lift it and you break the yoke off of them, Lord, in the joy of the resurrected Jesus.
will be imparted to them in the precious and holy name of Jesus. And all the people said, amen and amen. See you next week. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.